Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to For Geek's Sake. My name is Al Sterling in the studio today with producer Dan. Hey, everybody. Co-host Liz. Hello. And let me tell you about technical director Eli. <gasps> What's up? Tell us about him. He's me... in the house. He is, in fact, oh. inside of the house. Inside. Uh, if you the, are. The technical director is inside Dan, of the Dan, where's my bop, 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 bop? Uh, there we go. If you are watching this uh, on YouTube, you may notice that the studio looks better. Yes. Like much better. Mm -hmm. It's because uh, uh, technical director Eli rolled up secret style and literally painted the whole damn thing. He's like a painting ninja. He didn't even need a ladder because he's so tall. That's true. Uh, actually, not a lot of people know this. Elijah stands seven foot seven. Yeah, he actually had to stoop down to right. meet the mm -hmm. ceiling. Right, right. Area. He actually isn't even sitting on a chair. He just sits on the floor, and then we like put a chair back behind him so it looks right. even. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so he also moved the eight foot table, rewired the entire thing, moved the television that we use, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, all by himself, because I guess he loves us and hates his family. That's the, that's <laughs> the only thing I can come up with. Uh, no, seriously. Also, it is worth noting that when this episode drops, it mm -hmm. will be Thursday, May 24th. It will. And do you know why that day is important? Mm. It's not important. It is important. It never was. It is uh, Technology Eli's birthday. No. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Eli. Yep. Thanks, guys. You're I'm welcome. Listen back to this in two days. Audience, guess how old I am. Oh, you're a Gemini. <laughs> and remember, you've been big on the show. <laughs> <big> <laughs> no, you're a Taurus. No, Taurus. Uh, uh, Taurus just Taurus ended. ends yesterday. Yeah. Ended yesterday. Hmm. Yesterday is in Monday or Wednesday. Actually, no, because you're the 24th, so you're in the true. You're in the true Gemini uh, sign. If you're between mm -hmm. so the 17th and the 23rd, you're a Gemini. Cusp. Gemini Taurus cusper, which means that you're a flipping nightmare. You're a freak. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You guys not into astrology? I guess that's my geek. Anyway. <laughs> sure. Thanks, thanks for painting the studio, you goddamn Gemini. <laughs> So thanks, Eli, uh, yeah. for all the hard work in the studio, and happy birthday to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, appreciate thank you very much. much. I think it's good. It's good. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, we're now, like, this thing is, I don't want to alarm anyone. We're getting really close to looking like we know what we're doing. Yeah, right? man. Like, your camera looks a lot more legit than our camera, because I've put more effort into that side. Because, you know, you're the host and the producer. Aww. We're the other. Uh, Although Liz is far more important than both of you, Excuse the honestly. shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, also, things we should know. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, iTunes giveaway. So yeah. if you review us on <laughs> iTunes, you've got three more weeks, right? Two weeks, three weeks? I forgot to write down the date. Uh, I haven't written down. I forgot to put down my notes. Uh, we are giving away five, count them, five games. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. That, that would be how we do that in Spanish. Although yeah. not really. But those are like... Un, trois. Okay. Nope. You're already, you just went one three. Uh, For the record, French is a ridiculous language. Sounds okay. ridiculous. Everything about it is ridiculous. I think French oh, just sounds sexy as hell. Sexy? Because to me, it just sounds like. <laughs> anyway, the point here is leave <laughs> us a review on iTunes, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win five count them five games, courtesy of Steam. Well, courtesy of us, uh, but first for Steam, which is available on both uh, Macs and PCs and all that stuff. Assuming your PC survived the. Software update that murdered so many other PCs. <laughs> um, the uh, games Mafia 3, NBA Playgrounds, Lost, and then uh, the three indie titles, Lost Castle, Moon Hunter, and Kerbal Space Program. So we can give those away to specific folks if you give us who they are. Uh, or you can just keep all five for yourself because they didn't give the review. You did. Be selfish. Uh, we encourage it. 
Yeah, whatever makes you happy. So we uh, again, you, we, every review gets it. Doesn't matter what uh, the review is. Although again, we we prefer it was a good review. <laughs> I know I'm giving this away to somebody who gives a one star review and just <laughs> says this podcast is shit and hit save. <laughs> I don't have to give away all five po- all five games. Well, luckily we don't have any of those yet. <laughs> no, we don't. We are still. Yeah. We are all five star ratings. We did get a. Week. Somebody give us a four point nine, please. Somebody no. somebody gave us a weak comment on Facebook one time. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that guy was just trying to troll. That uh, means the five star bot I created is doing its job. Uh, yeah, right. It just means <laughs> if the five star bot you created is only done like we need to get a better bot because it's not doing a whole <laughs> lot of reviews. Uh, anyway, so uh, also I wanted to share with this with you. So movies with Mikey. You know we you mm-hmm. know producer Dan and I yeah. love us some movies with Mikey, uh, and he dropped an episode called uh, uh, What Animation Taught Us. I haven't watched it yet. Ooh, I watched sounds it, good. dude. Blew my blew my damn mind. Yeah. And so I hopped on Twitter and I and I showed him some love and you know, ret- yeah. retweeted and shared and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually looking to do uh, part of the thing is he he invited other people to create their own stories of what animation taught us. And so I've been thinking a lot about doing it. But th- none of that's important. What's important is I retweeted his and then created my own tweet. Mikey Newman liked both of the tweets. <gasps> nice. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. That's and I freaked about. out, dude. I freaked out in a way that is just not necessary for a man of my age. Yeah. To stay <laughs> I just geeked the hell out. Uh, so Mikey, like for a tweet? Did, did you yell for geek's sake? Um, no, no, I wish I did. Oh, for Wakanda geek's forever. sake, Mikey liked her tweets. It's it, it's a thing. It was it could have been a thing that you did. It should. I should have done that and then recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we got a great show for you today. We are very very excited to have uh, um, uh, from the Shepherd, one of the the co creator of the Shepherd comic books. This guy is so cool. Uh, we're so excited to have him on. Uh, and, and his name is. Andrea Molinari. Molinari. Yeah, yeah, you did there we go. it. Good job. Now, we're going to see if I do that right when he's actually with us. <laughs> the Italian so, half of my family is very proud of you. Oh, man. They need to raise their standards. Uh, so we're going to have him on uh, for our main topic. So make sure you hang out. That's, that's, that's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. This Week in Geek, let's get started. Let's do it. First, uh, some love for local Florida si- scene. So uh, this is actually, uh, this is exciting, and I'm going to let you tell everyone what this is. But I'm going to let you finish I, in just a second. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to let you finish. But the, like to me, this is you're about to introduce a very positive article, a very positive headline here. And in my experience, yeah. anything that ever starts with Florida Man <laughs> just does not ever yeah. end well. No, no. That is absolutely accurate. So, so tell them what the headline this is. This involves oh. neither alligators nor <laughs> meth, for which we are nor really... flying lawnmowers. <laughs> right? Bath salts. <laughs> uh, just... Really a positive story here. Uh, his name, and actually, I want to say, this is a guy from West Virginia that moved to Florida. So he is really... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this story came out positive. It was awesome. Uh, it doesn't start out positive, though. Uh, this man's name is Johnny Metheny, and uh, uh, he actually lost an arm to cancer, mm. uh, which isn't great. Uh, but then he volunteered to be a guinea pig for uh, implants, for, for, for any research along like prosthetic limbs, mm-hmm. which makes sense because, you know, he's down an arm, so, you know, why not? Right. Uh, and so then he now has the first fully mind-controlled artificial arm. He's like Missy Knight. That is way cool. He, it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read the I'm gonna read the description here. I'm going to read from the article. This came out of uh, Fox 35 Orlando, uh, and I'm going to read the quote from the article because I don't think I can do this right. I'm just going to go ahead. And <laughs> sure, sure. I can. <laughs> yeah. My... This it's awesome too because this guy is not a uh, is not a scientist, and he explains it in his words, uh, which is just better than anything I've got. So, <clears throat> so reading from the article, quote to my little Dan Carlin here: 
An artificial limb is attached to a post implanted in the actual bones of a human being. Metheny said he had to work through a lot of red tape as the procedure was not approved in the U.S., but eventually worked through it and took it on. However, the technology is more than a metal post coming out of his arm. Scientists also attached the nerves that once went to Metheny's hand to electronics instead. Now, the signals that his brain would normally send to move hand or move fingers instead move the muscles in his upper arm. That brings us to the magic of Metheny's new arm. Along with a robotic-looking hand, Metheny wears two bands around his left bicep, which senses those movements in his muscles. Thank you, Alexa. <laughs> that... And you can see the picture yeah. of it if you, you're... You know what the best part of this story is, is that he has to do like regular updates on his arm, like firmware updates. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, got to uh, got to update the firmware to get some better uh, like haptic control over my arm here. <laughs> yeah, he says he's got to reset it every once in a while. And yeah, I don't have... Factor, I thought factor I, reset. I thought I had the, the, the his quote. He said, uh, what did he say? He said, the Bluetooth in my arm talks to the Wi-Fi in, my, on my, uh, in the hand. And then whatever, and like yeah. just it was just the most amazing description, and I'm really disappointed, and I want to apologize. So who does? How do you think like the first, the opening line of uh, customer service goes when this guy calls tech support? <laughs> 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 All right, listen, I've got a, I've got an arm. Yeah, it's robotic. Mm -hmm. I've got bands. One of the bands broke. I don't know what the, <laughs> sir, the serial have, number. Have you turned your arm off and turned it back on again? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it did say though. He said that he has every once in a while he has to reset the damn thing. Uh, what a bummer uh, that's got to be if you're just like in the middle of something really important and all of a sudden it's like and you're like no 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 wait and then you remember you have an arm again yeah <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well and this was crazy too is the article opens with him trying to learn to play Amazing Grace with both hands he's never mm -hmm. known how to play the piano before uh, and so he's learning he's learning Amazing Grace because he's really grateful because he they got the cancer before programmed in. No, he has to sell it. Westworld style. Hey. Okay, that's a, there's a, there's like an old joke, right? Like yeah, the guy real. gets it, like breaks his hands. Is like, Doc, will I be able to play the piano? Well, I don't see why not. Great, I never could before. Like, come uh -huh. on, come on, guy. What are you doing? <laughs> He's playing. That's charming. The man from West Virginia yeah. that moved to Orlando, <laughs> and because he lost his arm to cancer, is learning to play Amazing Grace on the piano. Because he's officially better than us. Yeah, yeah. no. The scary part. The scary part is this guy's like, I'm moving to Orlando to get the latest and greatest in healthcare. Oh. Oh, honey, you were. You should have kept four. going. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you were. I don't know where you were heading. Way but just, farther yeah, north. And, and why do you <laughs> choose sure you amazing? Why do you choose amazing grace over becoming like a uh, robotic arm cop, Mr. Roboto? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Robocop theme. Uh, <sighs> all acceptable answers. <laughs> yeah, I think. But hey, Florida man's got a Florida man's got a positive Dude. headline in the books. For is once. he wearing his wedding ring on the? the he sure hands? is. Yes, he, he is. is. That's Good pretty catch. cool. <laughs> yes, That's he is. Cool. I did not notice that either. Awesome. I want to know how that resizing went. So, what size do you need it? I don't know. Robot. This size. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wave the like you just take the finger off and hand it to them. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> fit it to that. that, please. Do you have size Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> you think it's in standard metric? Oh, uh, it's got to be metric <laughs> at that point. That just, that's awesome. Uh, yay for happy news. Let's move on to the next one. This is actually two good, two happy stories in a row. Hmm. Yay. Hooray. So uh, the things we've known thus far about the uh, upcoming Amazon Lord of the Rings thing was that it was going to cost all of the money and guaranteed for at least five seasons. I yeah. just want to take a time out here and point out that the image that you've pulled up of Jeff Bezos is probably the creepiest and like most evil yeah. villainy looking image of Jeff Bezos you could possibly find. Oh, no. You're welcome. A like, like a they couldn't be more opposite from each other. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, one of those... Actually, I, I assume that that was just Sauron. Uh, 
Oh, I was mixing uh, my media. I, I thought I was right, throwing in exactly. Voldemort. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, oh, poor Bezos. The no, Jeffrey Hammer of the Nobody feels world. bad for you. Right. You're the richest man on the freaking planet. Poor rich he bastard. the richest man on the planet. Just about. He's, I mean, he's so wealthy that I can't He see was everything. for like five minutes. That's true. He's battling top five. But then his Bitcoin tanked, so. Uh, anyway, so from birth, movie, death, uh, we got... We have discovered that season one of Wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. Not to interrupt you. Are you reading sources now? Like yes. properly? Yeah, I'm sourcing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we're almost legit. We're, I yeah, I we're mean, we we definitely right? if you don't look too deep, we are very <laughs> legit. Yeah, like like don't go below what's what's the ripple level? Like the most shallow level? <laughs> Whatever yeah, just, that is. It's, it's don't, don't go below that. Well, I was, I was, look, here's the deal. And like, I, 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 hated, I hate the plot to so quote all the sources. Yeah. I would prefer everyone believe that we did all this research ourselves. But the fact of the matter is we're a four-person operation and nobody's letting us on the red carpet to interview people. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So With families well, and full-time are you, jobs. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I called Bezos. Are you not using the direct quotes that I pulled <laughs> for us? You guys are jerks. Yeah, well, when Elon returns my call, then we can. Uh, anyways. He's too busy talking to me. Is that what he's doing? Uh, so uh, he's, the season one of Lord of the Rings is going to focus on a young Aragon. Uh, Aragon was the guy played by Viggo Mortensen in The Fellowship of the Ring, in case you're confused. Uh, the one with the sword. Arguably. If you're still really confused, if you recall, there was the, of the three, you know, they had, they had the elf, the dwarf, and the human. Oh, the one that did all the walking. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, there you go. Okay, now that totally okay. differentiates everything. There mm-hmm. you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, this is Viggo Mortensen plays, plays uh, Aragon, otherwise known as Strider, and a bunch of other names. Here's the thing. Here's why this works. Hmm. Um, Aragon, when we meet him in the Fellowship of the Ring, we meet him at the Prancing Pony in the town of Bree. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. And I want to be very clear here. Mm-hmm. I knew that without from not taxing birth movies death. I knew that off the top of my head. Uh, but what I'd forgotten was that in that scene, he is 87 years old. So um, His character. Yes, not, okay. not Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> it's like, um, wow. Yeah, he looks great. Vigo be looking great. Yes, right? Seriously. Because I know he's done a lot since Lord of the Rings also. And, uh, right. Okay, um, so 87. So, so yes, the, 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 the character is 87 years old at the time Fellowship of the Ring kicks off. That, that part I had forgotten because uh, I just got lost in Vigo Mortensen's eyes. Right. So you've got – this does two things, I think. By going with the young Aragon, number one – we have a lot of legit source material from Tolkien uh, that, I mean, if you want, if you just don't have anything else better to do, uh, go ahead and just, just Google Aragon Lord of the Rings and, and, and go find the wiki page for, the, uh, for, for all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And his wiki page goes on for days. Um, and just be careful if you're one of those people that like falls down the rabbit hole. Oh, that that is a rabbit hole without yeah, end. Yeah, like and we're, is this we're warning you. It's this is a wormhole. So is this <laughs> yeah. Tolkien official? Oh yeah. Canon? Okay. Yeah, this is the stuff that oh, came yeah. from the Silmarillion. That came from his other writings. Oh, look at that! Other creators can make content that lines up with this original source material yeah. that we read in novels. How interesting, Lucasfilms. Yeah. So the uh, I mean, this is like well, this is similar to what George R. R. Martin did. The only difference is that. Tolkien finished the damn series and that's it. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I thought we said this were two positive stories. Right? Oh, now I'm we are sorry. just we are just extra salted caramel right now. <laughs> like <laughs> mm, I love extra salted caramel. <laughs> uh, but there no, there's legitimately there's a ton of content there. There's a ton of history for this character. You could really do some I mean, really interesting things uh, that would make for decent television. What's crazy though is they paid two hundred and fifty million dollars for the rights to do a Lord of the Rings show. Yep. And they're doing a prequel. 
they're not even actually using the yeah. original source material, so, which is incredible. So here's my here's my. It's going to cost a billion dollars. Just yeah, actually, yeah, when it's a all said gazillion. And done. Yeah, no, I think actually, billion. That entire, we were already at a billion. That entire pile of gold that the dragon is guarding in like the <laughs> Hobbit movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. that. It's that was that. actually but, but, that was actually but, Jeff Bezos's uh, savings account, right? right? Yeah, just a lot of people don't realize that he's actually Smaug. Not like yeah. it doesn't play him. Like literally, Smaug is a giant. Red. Uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and make a straight up call here. So I'm going to bet that um, based on what I'm seeing here, yeah, I'm betting that currently Amazon Video folks are planning to start Fellowship of the Ring in season three. Okay, <laughs> I am, however. However, I yeah. don't think, if, assuming the show does well, and we're seeing some signs that it might, if the show does well, we won't see Fellowship of the Ring kick off until season five. I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. I think they're going to do all the, the surrounding material because uh, they also said uh, this week that Peter Jackson is in the process of deciding whether he's going to direct slash produce this or do a DC movie. Let's let's be honest. In lo- the long term, this will be better. Yeah, for well, him. Yeah, y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like all the all these guys are. Yeah, but then at the DC same time, movie. it's it's th- <laughs> then you really become that guy that can only do the Hobbit. No, but you know, what I, I mean? mean, movies are like movies are almost unless you have the absolutely top rate movies, they're second tier nowadays to these Amazon and Netflix and HBO um, epics. Right, honestly. but what if he ever wants to do something that's not Lord of the Rings? Like that's, that's almost all he's ever done. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, a King if Kong it movie broke, man. Like, like I just well, 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 it was kind of broke because I don't know if you saw the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. no, I, the, no. But yeah. the the thing about this one though, and the thing that I I, I think is important to keep in mind. Is that you? They paid the money to be able to make a, a Fellowship of the Ring, a yeah. full Lord of the Rings. So while I don't think, I think, I think it'll get pushed back. I think they're going to find so much success that they can that they can basically save Fellowship of the Ring for when people start to get tired of it. But this will this will hit Fellowship of the Ring. They're going to do it because let's not forget. I mean, you have while Peter Jackson did make. Seventy-five hours worth of movies yeah. on the on the on Lord yeah. of the Ring. He's still. I mean, you never touched Bom, uh, Tom Bombadil. No. You never touched a other. I mean, huge swaths of the books. They did as much as they could, and they did a great job at it. But there's a lot of just in the actual trilogy that hasn't been told. Not even touching the rest of the world. Yeah, and I I think he ultimately ends up on this. I think yeah. it's a bit of a I safe think, pick for him. Well, but honestly, I think he's got time to go do the yeah. DC movie and then circle back. But if he's going to do this. I don't think he's going to replace his own work. He's going to want to do the other stories that he didn't get to tell and during, incorpor- the, incorporate during the them films. together. Yeah, but I don't think he's ever going to replace it. Well, he might not. If he's on board. Well, he might not, but uh, Amazon uh, will. But the trilogy is just right, like honestly. Yeah. Like, there, nothing, like I, need, nothing needs to be redone of the original trilogy, so having companion material to that would be amazing. Adjacent, Especially if sure. they can, if they like can get original cast sure. members back, too. That'd uh, be crazy. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to track I down mean, some of those guys. Elijah well, that's Wood, why the, Elijah that's why Wood is still short and perfect for playing a Hobbit. Right, like <laughs> but that's never, why you're starting with ages. a prequel. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's what we got going on there. So we'll be keeping an eye on it. I'm still guessing five or six. Uh, now let's get on to something that's just funny. In some super charming <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh days. yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is so. Um, I think we got to give Al credit on this one. He called this one. I did. As uh, a matter of fact, a few weeks ago. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, he explained to. I thought it was he explained to you who Mysterio was. So oh, I don't remember that. Spider-Man: Homecoming is rumored to be welcome. Is what? in talks with Jake Gyllenhaal. 
I don't care about this guy at all. What? One of my favorite actors. This is Donnie Darko. Are you kidding me? This is is Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy. Listen, this is the same guy that played Brokeback Mountain, Bubble Boy. I wish I could quit you, Al Sterling. Three Kings? What was that movie? Um, The military one, like Three Kings. Yeah, there's a... Let's talk about acting chops. This guy is ridiculous. Well, he... Nightcrawler? Did you guys see Nightcrawler? uh, That movie was incredible. He made a wrong turn. So... (laughs) Here's the part that I love. So, so the rumor is that he is in talks to play in the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel, Mysterio. Yeah. So I need to. I want to cover a couple of things right out the gate. First, yeah. Every single article I've seen mm-hmm. about this says classic Spider-Man villain or classic villain yeah. or classic. They keep using the word classic. <laughs> right. Do you disagree? He is not a classic. <laughs> Mysterio. Mysterio is not a classic. No. Let, me t- let me say what Mysterio is. This is straight up. Mysterio is a special effects wizard <laughs> that wears a bowl upside down on his head. Mysterio is a crossover from Scooby Doo into <laughs> right. Spider Man universe. Seriously, like, like this is if if one of the MythBusters went yeah. dark, you know, if he broke bad, <laughs> you'd get Mysterio. It wasn't for that like, Spider Man. Exactly, he is just the worst villain. Apparently, Mysterio is confirmed, and Jake Gyllenhaal is in talks. Oh. In talks. Okay. So. Yeah, but so hopefully Hall will realize that he really needs to go do anything else. <laughs> Come on, listen, listen. There's an they have they have an angle for this character. Like they can go straight Chris Angel with it. Hardcore. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I got nothing. Yeah, well, Chris Angel. <laughs> so, I got nothing. So and I think so. So here's here's what I will say. There's I think there's a couple things in, in yeah. Sony's favor. Mm-hmm. And I just threw up a little in my mouth saying that aloud. <laughs> um, first, Sony Marvel. Sony Marvel. Sony Marvel. This is a crossover. Thank you. It is MCU. Uh, uh, first, um, they are kind of running out of Spider-Man villains. What? Well, I mean, of the classic Sinister Six. They've only had one. No, of the classic Sinister two. Six. I mean, I'm, ta- I'm not just talking about uh, the most recent one. I'm talking about overall. But right, but I'm saying this Green is MCU. Goblin, no, right? you've, got, you've got Doc Ock, Electro, Kraven the Hunter, Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. That's your original Sinister Six. Right. And of those original Sinister Six, the only ones you've got left are Craven the Hunter and Mysterio. If you count all that crap before, but this is we're talking Tom Holland MCU Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. We're but talking I, Kevin Feige having a, a piece of this. I don't know. That's well, I'm I'm trying to give them any kind of room here. It's hard. Yeah. Um And they could do such a better job with Craven. They yeah. Craven Craven the Hunter, first of all, Craven is a terrible name. But <laughs> Craven the Hunter is a vaguely foreign-ish guy yeah, yeah. who wanders around in what is almost certainly offensive jungle garb. Well, he's yeah, he's and the world's greatest hunter that has turned to the the most dangerous game, humans. humans. Oh God! But he also and then he turns to the even more dangerous game, spider humans. <laughs> and he he has uh, uh, animals that he can control, and he orders uh-huh, like lions uh-huh. to attack. Uh huh. Okay. It's sorry, I just pressed stop record because that's fine. I can't take you guys. Hey, anymore. wait a second. <laughs> we had ba- we had badass battle rhinos in Black Panther. Yes, yes, that's it true. It can yeah. be done. It, you it, can make this crap cool. It you absolutely <laughs> can. Uh, um. Yeah. Here's my thing. Um. I think that Sony earned a lot of goodwill by working with Marvel and producing Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. But I feel like Marvel stepped out of the room for like literally one minute and Sony just immediately just Sonyed the hell out of this thing. If I hear that there are another three villains attached to this thing, I'm just I'm I'm done. All right, hang on. Amateur question because mm. I'm I'm kind of an amateur in some of this area. So does Sony need 
well, sorry, does Marvel need permission from Sony to like use Spider-Man and the rights, like the yes. Tom yep. Holland Spider-Man for Infinity War? Yes. Yep. All right, so they Sony cooperated at least that much with the oh. Infinity War stuff. Yeah. Right? Well, they okay. uh, mm-hmm. and cooperated for Civil War. Yeah. And in exchange, Marvel said, "Here, here's a good Spider-Man movie," mm-hmm. and gave them Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. And this next one. Uh huh. This is all in line. I, I think it's it's going to be fine. I just I'm just. Do you think Dylan Hole is having his uh, his Green Lantern moment? I he might and God and I hope that he if if it if he does then he can someday find his Deadpool. Because <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, what do we got next? Okay, all right. We got to talk about neutrality. Oh boy! Oh, politics. Yay. I'm a, bring on the politics. It's I'm internet a, politics, but yeah. it's relevant to specifically everything we care about. Yes. yes, yes, it is. So I'm gonna try to get this broken down. So this is a combination of both uh, deep nerd stuff as well as deep political uh, uh, and governmental process stuff. So it's exciting. Um, if you don't want to listen to this part while you're while you're driving a car, I understand, and <laughs> may just get your blood pressure too high. <laughs> you may so, find yourself driving towards a wall at a very high speed. I don't also know. possible. Uh, so here's the Ooh. great news: the um, the Senate was forced to vote on net neutrality, mm-hmm. uh, and pa- and it passed in the Senate, fifty-two to forty-seven, with three Republicans. And God bless those three Breaking Republicans. Ranks. Reinstating well, net neutrality, right? Well, sort of. So, yeah. so first we should know, of the three Republicans, one of them is Paul Ryan, who is not seeking re-election. So huh. uh, he's actually completely he done. He will be missed. Mm-hmm. So, we're, uh, 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 don't. so the reason that all of this is coming up right now is uh, when FCC chairman and all-around asshole uh, Ajit Pai yep. uh, <laughs> decided to roll back net neutrality, uh, when he decided to do that, it actually started a clock, and Congress has the ability to overturn any decision made by an executive uh, governmental, en- federal government entity. If they make a rule change that Congress disagrees with, Congress has the ability, through a much less strenuous process than normal, to overturn that decision. So that's what started this whole ball rolling. So the Democrats within the Senate forced uh, through basically loopholes in the rules, forced to vote, an up-and-down vote, and when forced to vote, they went 52-47 in favor of net neutrality. Suck it, Ajit. So, uh, now it has to go over. This is still, a, however, it's a law. Right. Yep. So it still has to go over to the House of Representatives, uh, where the Republicans currently have a 235 to 193 majority. Now, in order for this to pass, this is what's called a discharge petition. So oh, if over half of the House signs the petition, it forces an up-and-down vote. If it forces an up-and-down vote like it does in the Senate, people that are up for re-election have to consider the fact that as, a, as of a December 2017 poll by the University of Maryland, 83% of Americans support net neutrality, including 75% of Republicans and 89% of Democrats. All right? Yes. So um, <clears throat> the Republicans that might vote against net neutrality, or really any, any, any uh, elected official who wants to vote against net neutrality – at the House level, has to do some really, really hard math. Um, <laughs> so the, there, what is most likely going to happen is this thing is never going to get the half signatures it needs because of the current split in the House and Republicans just won't sign the petition and then it never comes up for vote. That's probably what's going to happen. However, um, I do believe that this will, if this happens, uh, it will still maintain, it will still continue to be uh, an election issue. And uh, uh, folks, I would encourage you again 
to contact your elected representative uh, and make sure that you let it be known that you support net neutrality. Yeah. And FYI, uh, our dear Senator Marco Rubio uh, is opposed and has ended vote against net neutrality, which is not something that I will be forgetting. <laughs> so, uh, again, I'm not I'm not trying to make this a partisan issue. Nope. However, it, these these votes have been going down along party lines. So, c- there. If it, can we get a little political on it? No. Yes. No. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. Nope. Nope. Because uh, if we, I'm, I'm holding. I'm I'm literally pushing it down. You, yeah. You I have to. I'm I'm with you. It's but just, for geek's like, sake, does not engage yep. in politics. Uh, other than the things that directly and specifically hit our geek culture, yep. of which net neutrality is absolutely one of them. Let me just say, the Senate right now is far more dangerous. Sorry, the House is far more dangerous than the Senate currently. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Uh, and so then, call, email, do whatever you can. Absolutely. Get a hold of them. Uh, find out. You can find out who your representative is. I recommend, uh, we talked about this before, and you can find, uh, we did actually did a politics episode. Yeah. Uh, sort of. Uh, and uh, Countable is actually an app that I mentioned then. I will mention again now. Countable is an amazing app. It gives you direct contact with all of your elected officials. You put in your information, and it tells you who your representative is, who your senators are, anywhere, and it tells you when they vote and how they voted. So um, I strongly encourage you guys to grab the Countable app. It's a really easy way to get involved and to stay up to date on what your elected officials are currently doing. The last thing I have to just do this real quick because every once in a while I find somebody who doesn't seem to get this. Net neutrality may, is what we have, what we had up until now. Okay, it means that the uh, I, the internet service providers are not allowed to throttle certain websites over other websites. I'm not allowed to add for paid prioritization of certain things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is really important. If you don't understand it, if it's just not something you have time to keep up with, that is perfectly fine. You guys are all real busy. We appreciate you taking time to listen to the podcast. Yep. Take it from people who are humongous nerds and who read all of this stuff. Net neutrality is important, and we need net neutrality. Yes. It is very important. It affects minorities. It affects rich people. It affects white people. It affects everyone, and it will have a seriously detrimental effect to everyone other than your internet service providers. Yeah. So unless you just really think that Comcast has got it going on, <laughs> trust me. They net don't. Neutra- no, trust me, net neutrality. <laughs> and the other thing I need to mention now, too, is one of the things that the ISPs are currently saying is that, look, net neutrality was already rolled back and it hasn't. nothing bad has happened. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. the rules for net neutrality being removed don't go into effect until June 12th. And every major internet service provider has already taken steps that show that everything we were concerned about with net neutrality yes. is 100% legit. If you don't believe me, contact me. I will be more than happy to send you un. Uh, unbiased, impartial facts that just show you what I'm talking about. So, there. Yeah, I kept that in short and sweet as I possibly could. We're very proud of <laughs> and, you, and we're holding it in. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. One other note. <laughs> Fuck a jeet pie. Yes. There oh, we go. Very important. Right in his ear. Can we not call him an asshole? Because that's not. I don't think that's the right term. I think like tool. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I have like more. You know de- what? More I, degrading when it comes down to it. Yeah, I just we can I probably shouldn't get into the list of things other than college G pie. That's true. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> then we're definitely gonna never get we'll into that explicit rating. Exactly. Uh, hey, let's roll into something uh, more light and way cooler. And than, so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so awesome. Okay, so here's what we're what we're gonna do here. Uh, we are about to get on our very first Skype video call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for geeks' sake, history being made right here. Hold on. Let me get a little record scratch. Yeah, man. And not just Skype. Like we got the full the full video package for this thing. So yeah, if man. you want to catch this guy on YouTube, 
it's going to be full live and full on there. Absolutely. Well. Uh, and so his name is Andrea Molinari. Did yes. I do it? Okay. Now, okay. One more time. I get one more time, and he's actually when we actually have him on the phone. We'll see if we can do this. Three. So uh, he uh, has done a comic book called The Shepherd, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get him online now. Let's uh, let's give it a shot. All righty. Andrea. Hello. Hey. Hello, uh, hello. Venues here. I figured I'd go to my computer is a little bit better than standing in the dark. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, folks, uh, we are so pleased to have uh, Andrea Molani. Oh, no, Molinari. No. Oh, I was oh. working. You got it. So you close. Got the second one. Yeah, I was in my own head there. Uh, <laughs> so we are we are so excited to have you on. You know, as we mentioned, he is the author and uh, the author of Shepherd. Which is right. a I'm a co-author, actually. I, I co-write it with my son, uh, Roberto, who's actually uh, headed to Houston this weekend for Comics Palooza there. So we're this will be our first weekend where we're tag-teaming two different uh, cons. That's oh, right. Because awesome. no, you're coming to MegaCon here in Orlando, right? Correct. Fantastic. So have you been to MegaCon before? It is actually the very first con that my son and I did, which was Pretty much like learning to swim in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, I can't imagine. I dropped into the Pacific yeah, I mean, Ocean. I mean, I guess you could start in San Diego if you just really wanted to just kill your. But yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. that's a pretty one big one to start with. So, uh, it so, was. so Shepherd is amazing. I went by and grabbed it. I want to just tell a leader, our readers right now, Comicsology mm-hmm. uh, has has the whole series and it's fantastic. I don't always get to go to a comic book store, so I use the app, uh, but it does the panel panel by panel beautiful artwork the whole thing so mm-hmm. if you guys uh do not get by comic shops often that's a shame but you can grab this on comicsology right now so that's where i've grabbed and finished volume one i haven't gotten to read volume two yet um but just for a leader just start out by telling us a little bit about the story tell us where this came from and and, and the genesis for this thing okay well the uh the origins of the story it's kind of it has its the story actually has its own origin story so to speak uh the whole thing started as a nightmare and God's honest truth. I, I, uh, my, I dreamed that my son uh, told me that he was going to go to a, a party and went to, excuse me, went to a, he was going to go to a movie and went to a party instead. Mm. And while he was there, uh, somebody had given him some methamphetamine and he ended up taking it and dying of a drug overdose. And uh, this dream is like nothing I've ever had before or since. Um, the way I described it for people to try to help you understand is imagine being strapped into a roller coaster that you do not want to be on. Okay. And you are being forced to experience this whole thing. So it wasn't just that I got the news that my son had died, but that I, you know, dreamed that I attended his funeral and dealing with the aftermath, the grief of that, and then beginning to feel like he was calling out to me from the other side, that something had gone very, very much wrong. And then, um, you know, deciding, in my nightmare to actually go after him in the, the afterlife to actually take my own life and go after him. And, wow. uh, and I woke up and I mean, the, my heart was one of those, you may have had that before where your heart's beating so hard that it actually wakes you up. Oh, right. Yeah. And, um, I woke up, I'm sweating and my heart's beating and my wife was, you know, she's like, you know, what's going on? And I was like, I don't think you want to hear. And she's like, well, now I do, you know, <laughs> right. now I pretty much do. That's a terrible way to convince your wife not to. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> exactly. 
And then I told her, and she's like, I hate you. Why would you tell me this? And I'm like, because you ask, you know? I mean, I, Women, am I and, right? Uh, it literally took me two days to get up enough nerve to talk to my son about it because I was like, is this some kind of portent? I mean, am I being told something by the universe that I need to be on the lookout for this? And I mean, I was really a mess. And then when I finally got up enough nerve to tell my son Roberto, who was like, you know, 16, 17 at the time, mm -hmm. he was like, dad, this is so cool. You know? <laughs> not like, exactly the reaction no, you probably want. No, right? <laughs> it's not cool. There's pretty much the definition of not cool. This is like right under the dictionary of what is not cool. And, right. And his whole thing from the very beginning is dad, we've got to do something with this story. And I'm just like, yeah, like try to forget it, you know, get therapy, get counseling or something, try to forget this. <laughs> and uh, he just, you know, wouldn't let it go and just nag me just literally that's the word to use for it he just nagged it nagged me and um he got wind it was in in june of 2011 i had a lull in my schedule because i was working as an academic administrator so i'm writing scholarly papers and creating new courses and doing all the administrative stuff teaching and uh, i was teaching for barry university down in miami at the time and um I was just overwhelmed and, and I had this window, about a two month window that I had finished a major project and my son heard me like over, overheard me telling my wife about it. And he's like, dad, this is like the opportunity. This is it. And I'm like, you're not going to leave this alone, are you? And he's like, no. <laughs> so we sat down at the computer and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to write this story so I can get him off my back. You know, <laughs> so we wrote the story out and uh, he's like a parrot on my shoulder the entire time. And uh, got the, but it flowed out of me like water. I thought, no, oh, this is going to be a nightmare to try to write this down, you know. But it just like poured out of me. And uh, inside a month, it was completely written, you know. And uh, then I thought, okay, it's written, you know. I've done my time for king and country. Now leave me alone, you know. <laughs> and he was like, oh no, 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 we're not done. Oh jeez. And oh yeah, and he's like, we're going to make this a graphic novel, Dad. This needs to be a graphic novel, and. Uh, it's a great format he, for it. He just didn't let it go. I mean, now I was like, what are, you know, how are we going to do this? He's like, Dad, they have a thing called the Internet. You may <laughs> have heard of it. Like, you know, wise guys don't have a long lifespan. <laughs> That's a good way to get hurt physically. Um, but he just didn't, you know, didn't let it go. And um, we did some searches, and I found this kind of a boutique shop. Um, it's called Scattered Comics Studios. It's out of Sacramento, California. And it's basically uh, this guy named Jason Doobie uh, runs it. And he, you go on the site, you can, if they're still active to this day. Um, they have a stable of artists and then they have uh, colorists and you literally put together your creative team. And then Jason kind of walks you through page by page as your team produces your book. Wow. And, and we did that together and, um, you know, we finished the book and I thought, okay, now it's done. And he's like, oh, no, we're not done. And he's like, we got to find a publisher. And I'm like, really? You know? I'm like, so we, we ended up sending that book out to like over 40 publishers. And mostly we got crickets, which yeah. I, right. I didn't realize then. But now I realize that that's pretty much the norm mm -hmm. is sure. that you get crickets. Um, but we did have uh, like three or four publishers that did write back to us. Uh, one of them was Caliber Comics, which I was very attracted to from the beginning. Um, because one of the things I like about Caliber to this day is that it's a very diverse uh, comic book company in terms of what we publish. We do horror, we do supernatural, we do 
historical. We do military comics. I mean, when was the last time you saw a publisher that does military history? Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, the closest they I've do seen is G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, all kinds of different things, you know, and uh, true crime, true detective, that type of stuff. And I just was really attracted to the willingness that they had to do this great, you know, range of stuff. Anyway, they offered us a contract. And uh, that was like the, one of the coolest moments of my life, you know, uh, to, to have a contract in hand from a comic book. You know, it's like being Pinocchio, being a real boy. I'm, yeah. a real boy. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not made of wood anymore. So. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty amazing. And then that was um, we were published in in May, May of 2015. So it's been three years now. Oh, wow. And yeah. And our first con, as I told you, was Megacon. Wow. So, so yeah, like I said, that's a big that's a big first con to attend for. It that's, was insane. I, I imagine totally that's got to be really intimidating, but like a great great <laughs> intro and, and yeah. a learning experience. That's awesome. What was nuts was Saturday. The first Saturday at the con was just watching this river of humanity that went past, <laughs> and it was just like a river. You know, when something gets a, gets caught on like a stick on mm-hmm. the edge of the river, how things get accumulated behind it. That's literally what would happen to people. Like people would, somebody would stop at one of the tables and then there would be this traffic jam that would, you know, 50 yards in the opposite direction. Oh, wow. From the, uh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, crazy. I, I've been at the back of that river multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you a little bit more about your background, too, because I think it was really interesting. So you're a, a, you're a theologian by training. I am. I am a theologian by training. I do have a doctorate. In fact, the main character is actually, the, of course, because the story was based on our family, right. the main character is basically like an avatar for me. Yeah. So he, right. is, he is also a theologian. Um, but one of the reasons why I felt that that was important is because our characters basically function in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And I myself, as a theologian, have always been very interested in stories about journeys in the afterlife, not just Christian stories, but like, you know, I've studied the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I've studied the Gilgamesh epic from the Sumerians. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Greek and Roman stories of the journeys into the afterlife. Right. And uh, and then, of course, you know, the classics like Dante's Divine Comedy, you know, which is, of course, nothing but a journey, of you course, know, through of the hell, purgatory and heaven. And um, I just have always found those things very fascinating. And so... After the first chapter, you know, of volume one that you read, you are right. well aware that the two, two main characters are dead. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. from that point on, you know, uh, you're you're in the afterlife. And, you know, that first volume that you've read is could be described as having the characters with one leg in this world and one leg in the next. Right. But in this next story, it's completely in the in the next world. Oh, wow. And uh, in fact, that realm that we call it's called the seam. Uh, it's what we describe as the place between heaven and earth. It's the the uh, place where the souls pass through, and when they're ready, they move on. Okay. And um, so that's where our basically our our characters, their two main characters, exist in the seam, and their their role, so to speak, is they help souls that have had some kind of trauma in this life uh, cope with that trauma, deal with it, so that they can move on to be with the people that they love in the next life. And this was, and this was, and it was, it was absolutely fascinating. And I could see, you know, the history nerd in me could see (laughs) the, the, the elements that come in from the different, uh, from the different, thank you, uh, that come in from the, from the different cultures. You know, you could actually, you could see that playing out there. And I, I just, I found it fascinating that, uh, to, to, to read this story as written by a theologian. I think that's such an interesting way, such an interesting place to approach it from. 
So I've absolutely. So you finished volume two, and that dropped pretty recently, correct? Yeah, the first half of it. Um, the publisher has decided, I think, wisely, because it's such a big volume. Like this, uh, the first volume was 119 pages, the story, mm -hmm. and uh, this next uh, story, which we call the Path of Souls, but now been divided into two parts, uh, was 183 pages. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, it's a much bigger story. And so he's divided it into two parts, issues one to three and issues four to six. And we're calling issues one to three, the path of souls. And we're calling issues four to six, the path of dogs. Mm. And uh, there's a reason huh. for that. The path of souls is actually a reference to uh, one of the characters in the path of souls is a Wendat Indian. Uh, the white man called them Hurons. Uh, okay. You may have heard of them. Yeah. And they lived in modern day, what is modern day Ontario. Okay, south of Lake Lake Huron, okay. and um, they uh, they were at war with the Iroquois, and so um, they the 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 Wendat, what they call themselves, the Wendat, uh, they envisioned when they looked at the night sky and they saw the Milky Way, they believed that that was what they called the path of souls, and that when you die, your soul would walk that path, and they would go to what's called the village, and the village they would uh, would be a, a village that had no walls because there were no threats anymore. Uh, the Wendat actually in life lived in these palisade, like, you know, the old Westerns with the palisade forts. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. The, the Wendat lived in walls like that with longhouses because they were constantly at war with the Iroquois. And uh, so when they envisioned the, the, the village for them, which you could equate to heaven if you wish, uh, they envision a village that doesn't need walls anymore. And I think it's really beautiful yeah. because there's yeah. no threat. There's perfect fishing. There's great hunting. You can grow your crops with no threat of anything. Right. Uh, you know, it's like a perfect place. And they live with their God and his grandmother, which their God is like a sun God. And his grandmother is like a moon goddess. And that's what they envision. Now, where the path of dogs comes in is rather interesting belief. Um, they have this kind of an interesting, the Wendat have an interesting relationship with their dogs. They love their dogs just like all of us do. But they also eat them on occasion. Okay. Kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a dog too, but I haven't really thought about eating her yeah, so right. much. Um, <laughs> but uh, they do believe that dogs also make it to the village, but they don't go on the path of souls. They have what's called the path of dogs. But the key thing that they want people to understand is that the dogs end up at the same place as the people. And that's an interesting... That's It's kind of reflective of how we, of so many of us feel about our dogs, our animals, you know, yeah. that they are part of our family and that we love them and we envision an afterlife that somehow incorporates them too. So I, mean, you know? I'm, I'm, I guess I was thrown off it. So you've actually decided to do a story that encompasses more than just say like Northeast United States. I just assumed oh, that yeah. every comic book was set in New York. That's just, I, thought <laughs> was the, I thought that was the rule. Uh, so yeah. you, so you're branching out and, and I was, I, and I was here in another interview that you did uh, where it's you've got folks, you know, the, the, a couple of your upcoming, not, uh, upcoming work has folks from all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah. See, here's the beauty of what we have. And we didn't plan this. We kind of stumbled on it is because our characters exist in the afterlife, any culture that's ever existed and any human being that's ever lived is fair game. Yeah. So we could tell stories about Zulu, samurai, the Chinese, the uh, Mongolian hordes, the Vikings, you name it, we can tell that story. And we plan to. We, we want to take full advantage of this. And we want to explore the different religious beliefs of these different cultures that we incorporate, taking their beliefs seriously and asking the question, you know, if God is really 
all things to all people, is there some way that all these beliefs can somehow be interconnected to each other? That's you know, fascinating. Um, That's awesome. And to explore that, to take these beliefs seriously. So um, we're having a lot of fun with that. Of course, I've always loved mythology. So this is no sure. burden to, to do this. But like, for example, the Path of Souls, we have four main characters that our, our shepherd and, and uh, his son meet. And uh, the one is this Wendat Indian. His name is Sandakwa. And he dies fighting the Iroquois in 1648. And then we have a U.S. Marine who dies in Fallujah uh, fighting uh, it, the Mujahideen there in uh, 2004, November 2004. Uh, we have a Confederate soldier who dies in Fredericksburg, 1862. And then the last one is a Napoleonic soldier who died fighting with Napoleon in his Egypt-Palestine campaign of 1798-99. The history nerd and, in me is just, yeah, just, yes. just, nerd. So just so excited. <laughs> Al's got a new favorite comic. Right. <laughs> but so, as you can hear, all the characters are soldiers in some way. And that's very uh, integral to the story because the uh, idea for the story actually came from my wife's work. My wife works for the VA. Okay. And she does post-traumatic stress counseling. In fact, this last week she was actually in Tampa holding a retreat for all women veterans who were uh, suffering from post-traumatic stress. Hmm. And um, so I'm hearing about this all the time. And uh, it's part of her day-to-day -day work. It's part of these foundation that she's a part of. And um, I started thinking, I thought, you know, post-traumatic stress is something that is suffered by veterans who come home. But what about those who fall in battle? Would their soul experience post-traumatic stress? And I was like, Oh yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's, that was like a big meaty target to hit. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're doing that. So we basically, the path of souls is a story about a hospital in the afterlife, in the seam that treats the souls of soldiers from all different time periods and cultures who are suffering from post-traumatic stress. That is fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. It is, and it's a really obvious and real easy thread to draw across History across geography, across timing, mean, across everything. Yeah, that's now. I got to ask you. You mentioned that it was your son's idea to go with the graphic novel format, right? Uh, does he a lot have a lot of history in that that field? Like, or, or was he a comic book collector growing up? We Is that both, something that you guys are both like, into? I, I love comics from the time I was a kid, and then right around high school, I stopped reading them because they weren't cool anymore. Right, because yeah. girls. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, because girls, you. Want <laughs> girls to talk to you and stuff. And uh, when I went to college, I, uh, which I'm, by the way, I'm really like happy. There are like girls, I now meet girls all the time that love comics. And I'm just right? like, yes, hi, hello. Where were you? Where were you? Oh my God. School, you know, it's like, we were playing um, Barbies like we were told to do. Oh my God. I was so upset when <laughs> I just, it is so yeah. wonderful. You know, right? I, I am so happy. I'm so happy. Uh, and, uh, Anyway, when I was in college, I had a buddy of mine said, you know, he said, do you like comic books? And I was like, yeah, I used to. You know, I, when I was a kid, I read them a lot. And he goes, how do you feel about Batman? And I was like, yeah, I, it was one of my favorites. And he's like, I got something for you. And this is in the 80s. So you can oh, imagine what it's oh, about to it give is. me. Oh, yeah. He gives me the Dark Knight Returns. And That's, I'm like, oh, yeah. Mind blown. It's one of the and greatest like, of all time right there. Oh, yeah. I, because keep in mind that as a child, I'm used to, you know, like, Adam West and right. Ward, you right. know, right. and now you suddenly see a guy who's like talking about how many bones he can break, you know, and I'm like, and I'm thinking this actually makes way better sense. This yeah. is, I mean, this is actually a Batman that I can actually get behind. It's like it makes this this actually works, you know. Right. And uh, and then I was back 
you know, and from that point on, it was just like, you know, it was like a drug because now you're in search of something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're searching you know? for a long time to find out right. one of those. Oh, yeah. Too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And every once in a while you'll find it, you right. know, um, there are some def and certainly I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Mignola, huge yeah. fan of that universe that, yeah. I mean, I think it's an amazing accomplishment, oh, yeah. What, yeah. what they've done at Dark Horse. Um, BPRD, Hellboy. I, I love Baltimore. I don't know if you've ever read Baltimore, no. uh, Magnolia's Baltimore. Um, it's an amazing title. I mean, I could, I mean, that is basically deals with vamp, a vampire hunter, but yeah. it's set in kind of an alt world, an alternate world post World War One oh. in Europe, and uh, very huh. cool, extremely cool. I have all the volumes. I'm a complete addict for that, and uh, also his Lobster Johnson. I mean, I just I could go oh, on with all of his Baltimore. So when he said, let's do a graphic novel, you didn't scoff at that. <laughs> I scoffed at the whole idea of like, how are we going to do that? Right. You know, yeah. right. I'm not against graphic novels, sure. but I was like, how are we, you know, mere mortals without superpowers? <laughs> how are we going to do this? And he was like, that's when he said, well, dad, there's an internet. Yeah. We can you sure. know, go out there and at least look, you know. So what, so what has been the best part of this journey for you? I mean, are you still doing work in the college at the, at the college level? I am doing I'm working in education, but believe it or not, I'm actually working in real estate because I kind of got downsized. They buried it, closed the satellite office that I was running. And uh. Uh, so I kind of I'm now in real estate. And really, the shepherd is my theological. That's like my theological sure. uh, outlet. Outlet. Yeah. Scratching right, that right, itch. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but uh the, I, to answer your question about what's been the best uh, experience of this, I I love being around creative people, and um, the artists that I have met, and by artist I'm thinking of very broad, sure. you know, spectrum. Sure. Like um, I I love the cosplayers. I'm a huge fan of cosplayers. Like sometimes I hear creators say, well, you know, the cosplayers are taking attention away. I'm like, no, they're not. I'm like, any cosplayer is welcome to hang out. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm amazed at them. I mean, they work, put so much work into their costumes. I mean, I've told many of them that, you know, in a lot of ways, you're like sculptures, sculptors, and you use your own body as the, you know, as the medium. That's, to, a, to, that's a great to way to put that. With, you know, and, uh, and they're amazing. So I love the cosplayers. They're wonderful. I love meeting them. Uh, of course, the graphic artists, you know, the colorists, the pencilers, the inkers, right. um, you know, the letterers. I've come to this whole new respect for letterers. Yeah. And the irony is if a letterer does their job right, you don't notice. Right. 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 But if they okay. do it poorly. <laughs> but if they don't do it right, you will notice. And what a letterer is actually doing is they're showing you how to read the story. They're pacing you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're actually setting up the beats. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing, you know, to kind of, because in a lot of ways they're interpreting the script for you. Yeah. For, for me as the writer, you know. So you realize that, um, you know, and this is kind of a long-winded answer to your question, is that the greatest thing about doing this is being part of this creative world, to be part of a creative team, mm -hmm. and to tell a story like The Shepherd, like The Path of Souls, with other people. That's you fantastic. Know, and to let them, to give them freedom, like with my artists and my letterers, I really try to not get in their way. You know, sure. like yeah. I try to not intervene unless I feel like they're way off in the weeds, <laughs> you know, and most of the time they're not, you know, I would say 99% of the time they're not. 
I try to give them maximum freedom to interpret because if you get in the way of the artist, you could actually prevent something amazing from happening. Right. Oh, you yeah. have to ask yourself, do you really want to be that guy or get or gal who's getting in the way of something amazing that is about to occur in your story? So I've really learned is to let them kind of like interpret freely and try to give them as much elbow room as I can. So let me, I'm going to hit you with a couple quick questions before we wrap sure. up here. Yeah. Uh, uh, would you mind for those, for those out there that are, that are, that are trying to start the journey that you're on right now, um, about how long from the time you sat down to start typing out the story to the time the whole thing was 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 officially sold let's say get you were under contract yeah uh, december so started typing the story june 2011 as i said before got the contract december 14 Okay, so you got a pretty okay. quick turnaround time then. Yeah, it's Six about months, 3 right? years cuz like keep in mind I I was Oh, shit, December 24. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so I could 11 I, to I 14, can do numbers honestly, I'm good. Year, you know, um now I would I would tell you that, you know, diving in on a novel is kind of a little insane. You right. only realize in mm -hmm. retrospect just how crazy and dangerous it is. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's because what you're doing is you're taking on a really big project. And there's all kinds of potential pitfalls that are associated with that. Um, so what I would say is write, a, if you're a writer, write a one-issue comic book. Say 20 to 25-page story. Okay. Okay, that's doable. Because you're also going to have to pay for it. You know, right. the writer is the one who's funding this. And expecting the artist to do it for free is just not right. Right, sure. Because of it course. takes a lot more time and energy oh, for yeah. them to do a, a page than for you to write a page. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So you basically you give to, them like a you script. Have to go into it. Yeah. You. It, it is a script. I mean, I could actually show you the the um, what the script actually looks like. Um, after off air, I'll I'll actually show you the sure. what an issue, how I break it down. Um, where I originally got the the um, template for the script is the Dark Horse website actually had one. Okay. I don't know if they still do, but I'm guessing they probably sure. probably do. Um, you can get templates elsewhere as well, but um, and mine has kind of evolved a little bit over the time that I've been using it. But it reads like stage directions. I mean, I'm writing that script to the artist, to the graphic artist. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, to the penciler, basically. And so I'm telling him what I see in my head, because the way I write is like things happen in my mind's eye. Like imagine that there's a movie screen in my head. And I'm watching it happen, and then I write down what I see, and then I, you know, cool. gotcha. that's how I. Very cool. So, uh, so MegaCon's coming up, mm -hmm. uh, right. and I know that you. Uh, we actually got a chance to talk thanks to uh, to Katrina Texador over at yes. Cost Marketing Agency. Mm -hmm. So, I want to make sure we take a second here and give a shout out to her and say thank you for for getting us in touch because this is just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> when when will the Path of Dogs drop? Uh, it is all lettered. Um, we have all the covers, all the art is done. Um, I, I sent an email last week to my publisher and he said, let's wait till after Megacon because yeah. we've got so many fish in the frying pan on sure. that. And I was like, Oh God bless you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's basically ready to go. We're, we have a concluding essay that's already written. We have an art gallery that is going to be published with it. Um, my son is going to write an introductory essay. So that still needs to get finished. Um, but it's pretty much ready to go. It's just a matter of when the publisher is ready to start the process of, you know, putting the logos and setting up the, the covers and all that. Fantastic. But, 
Yeah. And uh, the first half, the issues one to three are already available. You can go on to Amazon and in the following weeks, they'll start rolling it out. Um, I don't think it's on Comixology yet, but it is on Kindle. So you could go like the digital stuff you can get on Kindle. Great. Uh, And you can also pick it up. You've got a a, a diamond number, right? I do. The diamond number for the first volume is NOV151223. NOV. So that's November 15. The way it works is it's the reference to the previews catalog when it came out. Uh huh. November 15 is when it came out in previews. Mm-hmm. 1223 is our our code for our item for our book. Okay. So no. So uh, November 15, 1223. So if you guys are uh, would like to get your hand your hands on a, a physical copy, if you walk into your comic book shop and you give them that, they'll be able to actually get those issues uh, get right into your hands there, so they can. But they'll need that. They'll need the number. Just don't don't walk in and tell them you need the shepherd. There's <laughs> there's theoretically more than one of those floating around. So make sure you get the right stuff. <laughs> exactly. There. Um, yeah. No, I mean that's that, and we do encourage you to support your local comic book shop. Oh, yes. um, Absolutely. You, you know, in West Palm, uh, we have past, present, and future is the one that I go to, and I really I'm a big fan of, of those guys. They've always been really kind to me. So Very and cool. I love to. I mean, I can. My problem is my wife will call me like two hours. And I'm like, I look at the clock and I'm like oh boy I'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> I've been there for two hours and it felt like I was there for 15 yeah. minutes absolutely <laughs> so at the con uh, this weekend what are you going to be doing are you guys going to be doing signings are you doing Q&A or anything uh, we are going to be uh, I have my artist my primary artist for the second volume the path of souls Kyle Houston is going to be there and he'll be cool. doing signing uh, doing original inks and also taking commissions uh, we, he'll sign autographs. We'll both sign autographs. We have, you know, God willing, it's supposed to be arriving tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, the books, the volumes themselves are supposed to arrive tomorrow. Plus, uh, we also had printed the first issue of The Path of Souls. You know, it's a it's an oversized issue. It's like a 40-page oh, first issue. Oh, cool. So you're going to cool. have those there available at your table? Yeah, and we'll have those available. And we're going to sell them basically at cost. Awesome. So, you Fantastic. know, somewhere between $253 for, for the 40-page volume, 40-page issue. So I'll definitely be stopping by the table. Yeah, give me yeah. give me one. Give me one. Give me one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, d- thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with us, man. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, folks, the, it is The Shepherd. You can find it from Cable Comics. You can find it from your local comic book shop, Comixology, and, of course, at Megacon. And if you're going to be there, make sure that you stop by and say hi to them. Tell them FGS sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to make sure you find uh, Katrina over at the Cost Marketing Agency and, of course, producer Dan. And technical director Eli, are you going to be there? Yeah, I should be out there. All right. Cool. So we're going to be there. We're going to do it. Thank you again so much. So we really appreciate the time, man, and uh, enjoy Megacon. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks. All right, that guy was awesome. Right, right. That was absolutely you guys. I, you guys, if you guys have not read the Shepherd yet, the Shepherd, you you got to go back and check it out. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, thank you again uh, to Andrea for uh, talking with us, and yeah, just, it was really cool. And big shout out to Katrina for hooking us up with yeah, with man, awesome this guest. cost marketing agency thing. Pretty cool. She, like mm-hmm. she's she knows what she's doing and such, <laughs> which is good because you know it's her job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. All oh. right, so let's uh, let's dip into some B roll. This is where you depress us again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. Depression. Well, after that really light happy story about uh, you know following their father son dead comic son book. yeah dreams suicide the afterlife. Yeah. yeah yeah let's go ahead and just bounce on over this little gem. Yeah. Uh, you remember we talked about last week about that facial recognition software that was being used in Wales? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So turns out. Uh, we're using it here in Orlando. We got a lot of local stuff this week. Yeah. yeah. 
So this is from NPR. Uh, there, Amazon. This is from Amazon, by the way. Amazon has a real-time facial recognition software they've rolled out that's called Recognition with a K. Oh, jeez. Is that what they're using in the Amazon stores? Like when you go in and you don't have to interact with humans, you just Probably. grab the thing off the shelf and they they've got to know that they can do better than spelling recognition with a K. R E K O G. And I mean, at least at least like W R E C K, like recognition, because you're like wrecking <laughs> our trust in you. You know, like yeah. come on, there's a good pun in there. Honestly, somewhere. yeah, you're right. I expect more from my multi-billion-dollar companies. Seriously. Right? their marketing team like, was just out to lunch on this one. <sighs> Seriously, uh, an angsty they, teenager was. You like, know what oh, it was? That it was the day. K. That was the day that they were busy uh, naming Bezos's mech. Oh, uh, right, right. Because yeah, yeah. that was very important. I'm I've, telling you, Jeffrey Hammer. This is, go- <laughs> I'm telling you, he is the Jeffrey Hammer to Elon Musk's <laughs> All right, Tony Stark. So, so, what is, so I want to read what's the skinny here. So here's what's happening. I'm gonna. This came to light uh, off of the Recognition's website, which has a quote from John Mina, who is the chief of police for the city of Orlando Police Department. Okay, here's his quote. The city of Orlando is excited to work with Amazon to pilot the latest in public safety software through unique, first-of-its-kind public-private partnership. Through the pilot, Orlando will utilize Amazon's recognition video and Amazon Kinesis video streams technologies in a way that will use existing city resources to provide real-time detection and notification of persons of interests, further increasing public safety and operational efficiency opportunities for the city of Orlando and other cities across the nation. Now, when you need, when you Alan need to ride home because you've been picked up for facial recognition, let me know. I'll I'll, I'll be more than <laughs> glad to come pick you up. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So here's here's the problem that I already can I point out the problem that I already have with this. Other than Sharpie, the, I've got a long list. So go ahead. You want to take a couple off? Other of me. than the obvious problem. Okay, so I really highly recommend that you check out uh, our YouTube just for this alone because I want you to see the image that we've got pulled up here. That's actually footage you know a still from footage from one of these cameras that is supposed to you know uh, do this facial recognition so we've got labels over top of uh there's four people walking across the street and so they're labeled person one two three and four um and then we've got a car labeled car and then we have an suv labeled dog yep so i think the dog is up there there's the person one is walking a dog oh that i think it's just poorly placed Okay. Yeah, I think it's just yeah, poorly yeah. placed. I want to know. Oh well, then this is all great for me. Then fine. That's yeah. <laughs> so, so just as a reminder, last week we talked about this. Uh, there was a. It was ni- a great success rate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had over two thousand people wrong. A ninety-two percent false positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. And so, let me let me let me first address the well. If you don't do anything wrong, why are you worried about this argument? Let me go ahead and get this part out of the way here. Uh, I have had. Five separate police officers for the city of Orlando, not Castleberry, Maitland, Longwood, any of those literally city of Orlando police officers. OPD. Five have drawn on me. Okay. As in like pointed their guns at my body. Uh, I have, I believe the worst I got for that, I believe I had a uh, a taillight out or maybe it was a, a, a license plate uh, was the worst I've gotten from city of Orlando through those stops where they pointed guns at me. Uh-huh. Uh, and... And, and and on one occasion, he didn't draw on me, but it was the one where I was actually the most scared I've ever been with a cop, that a cop was going to shoot me. And I've been scared on many occasions, but the most nervous was this young city of Orlando police officer uh-huh. who was standing there with his hand on his gun, watching me terrified. And you could see this kid was scared to death. And I'm like, 
I have to start talking to him to try to calm him down. I ask him if he's just started to shift. I tell I start telling him about my kids. You know what I'm trying to like dropping in those just like heads. how's it going, man? Long night? Yeah, like I'm trying to calm him down while I wait for his partner who was running my ID because my car matched a card that was that was of interest to someone something something. And just imagine if he said that your face matched exactly something, something. And that is the part where I get really nervous yeah. because um yeah, uh facial recognition isn't great. I'm Iranian, like Middle Eastern, okay? Not a great time to be Brown in general, but from the Middle East in particular, not really a great time for us. Uh, and we do kind of all. I mean, people kind of look alike. And if you got a, I don't need, I don't need to get a false positive. I d- listen, it's not just listen, it's not just the brown folk. You white folk look alike to me too. I know uh, it's just it, it was amazing. I, that's all I need amazing. is to get suddenly like matched with some Middle Eastern terrorist while I'm trying to go to Seven Eleven to get a. Cup of coffee. Uh-huh. I don't even drink coffee. Uh, it just feels like a thing to get. I'm calling um, it right now. I'm hashtagging racial recognition right I, now. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Way to get ahead of that one. Uh, uh, so that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous. A real time, nah, uh-uh. But let me tell you the part that really bothers me and the part that should really bother all of you. It's the secrecy. Okay? So NPR breaks this story. NPR reaches out to both OPD and to Amazon. Uh, OPD says flat out that they're not answering any questions about this at this time. Oh, great. Amazon declines to comment on it at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, That doesn't make me feel ominous. Right. The quote that we got, we pulled off of Recognition's website. So we have got that quote that I just read you from the chief of police from the city of Orlando came off of the Recognition website. Only law enforcement, by the way, organization that's quoted there. The rest of them are all various tech firms that are selling your information for whatever other reason that tech firms collect and sell your information. Right. Um, and and that's concerning to me. If I, I don't know that we're going to be able to stop real-time facial recognition. I have a feeling that this will be one of those things that we'll look back on later as a society and go, why the hell did we ever agree to do this? But now it's too late. Um, but I would love it if it could enter the public discourse before – before I get arrested because they think that I look yeah. like some Middle Eastern well, terrorist. And you're a local, which just increases the odds of you being targeted by the facial recognition system. I mean, we're talking this the city limits of Orlando, which covers all of Disney, mm-hmm. all of Universal Studios, and all of yep. SeaWorld. So I can't, I can't imagine, you know, how many tourists. I mean, is, is, is Orlando still the number one tourist destination of the world? I think Last it, I checked, yeah. I think it still is. So think about how many... How many people are going to be running through this system just based on that fact? Right. And this, and so two other things you know about the software. One, Amazon is giving it to Orlando for basically a couple bucks, like n- next to nothing. That was part of the things that we read about the NPR article where it outlines that Amazon basically is piloting this with us because they're trying to roll this out nationwide and they would really like it. So that Orlando makes a great pilot, pro- pilot market for us because, you know, we have a lot of people, a lot of brown and black people if i was going to be really really suspicious but i'm we let that. the nra test stuff out uh, why yeah. not them well yeah. the mayor's like hey i'm tired of all these florida man stories so let's uh <laughs> yeah, maybe this facial recognition that's, will help diminish that's them. really neat i can't wait until they finally do something to make the sun rail have more uh efficient hours that <laughs> makes sense <laughs> when people would actually use it yeah you know? yeah yeah don't use it at night after folks have been out of leaving a magic game yeah. or during the weekend well you can't well, right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, hey, go drinking because oh, that's right. It won't take you home. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're stranded downtown. Sunrail. 
You know, the great thing about all this, though, is, you know, we all love our movies about, you know, dystopian futures and stuff. Right. We, we actually get to live in the times that lead to them. So Well, I mean, think about special. it. This, this is what we've had leading up to it, right? Like, LaCroix um, has increased in popularity. The yep. sparkling <laughs> beverage that tastes like you're drinking sparkling water and somebody's screaming the name of a fruit from the other room. Uh-huh. Um, also, I've, I've also seen it described as uh, the, the beverage that you would be able to drink in a dystopian future where nobody's allowed to have feelings. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that's risen in popularity. I didn't know you were so, so anti-LaCroix. <laughs> all all their mean, ingredients are just essence. Yeah, it's just the essence of everything uh and now so now we've got facial recognition and uh you know they're like giving people social ratings in china so yeah this is a really exciting time to be alive guys yep i think i'm gonna go home and take a lot of advil pm (laughs) (laughs) not too many they'll come up oh i'm sorry the other thing you should know is that in addition to the real-time facial recognition uh the software can also be used to track your movements so I think the answer here is just walk around making an absolutely ridiculous face all of the time. Like <laughs> now you just have to walk down the street like like that iPhone commercial forever. where the girl looks at the iPhone and like makes an obnoxious face. <laughs> and she's like, Watch, this is how I unlock it. <laughs> and the guy's like, do you always have to make that face? And she's like, what face? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just need to run everywhere when I'm downtown. Because I feel like that's they'll be like, suspicious. Hey, they'll be like, hey, the software is picking up some guy. Like he's running like. World record speed is not possible. Get him well, a Nike endorsement. Plus, this is based <laughs> on the technology please. from their stores. Like I said, you, when you go to the store, you just log in on your phone that you're there, and they, they use facial recognition to know who's grabbing which items off the shelf to charge your Amazon account. Right. So right, hopefully right. they've got better than a 92%. Oh, just oh. for that even. You don't want to be paying for other people's stuff. Well, right? but see, the thing is, when you're logged in with the, with the app, now yeah. it knows... You know what I mean? I was going to yeah, say, you're, oh, much, you're a much smaller population at that point. Right, right. Like, yeah, but the 92% still. false positive. Ocean's Eleven style, Obama be buying a lot of hummus <laughs> from the Amazon <laughs> store. <laughs> Just putting that Obama mask on. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not against it. Right. I just yeah I all right, all right. in protest we just get we just get everyone in Orlando like a movement you know one it's a coincidence two it's a fad three it's a movement uh-huh. we, we get everyone to get Obama masks and we just go downtown oh my god can we I'm sorry I I can't support that we don't get political here <laughs> uh, sorry um he's just looking for a very famous African African American who, um who's the uh, um the, how about uh, Nick Fury masks. Ooh, okay. Ooh. I was okay. Can we do that? Okay. I patches thinking, for all. I was thinking better. Who the uh, who's the archer guy? What's his face? The um, oh Hawkeye. 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 Hawkeye mask. Because uh, Jeremy Renner can Hawkeye? use the love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Aww. Get Hawkeye's everywhere in downtown Orlando. That's right. Oh, Bane. That's what it should be. Ooh. Bunch of just people. Yeah, but I know you're wondering. <laughs> I'll take twenty on pump five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be great. <laughs> All right, so uh, there. I'm glad we could. I, I'm glad we could laugh about that before the dystopian nightmare settles in. Uh, okay, I think it's time to do Liz's bomb. Actually, before we do Liz's bomb, yes. uh, we're gonna do our book recommendation from JLMO. Oh, JLMO. Uh, yeah, I, what do we got? When I when I spoke with her, said that she did not want to try to follow Liz's mom. Whoa, 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 whoa! Um, You're not on speaking terms with JLMO, are you? JLMO and I communicate. She is the one who gave me the recommendations for JLMO's book recommendations. I'm kind of so, jealous. Yeah. What? Uh, okay. So seriously, she uh, today actually speaking of dystopian nightmares, recommended Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Timely. So, uh, yeah, you may recall this as the book that you were forced to read in English class. Yep. Um. So I and I asked her. I said, "Well, what 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 about this book was bringing it through?" She had a couple of points, all of which I think are 
pretty damn relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I thought was really interesting again, coming from uh, from a writing perspective. She 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 wanted this book to come out there because uh, to remind her that this whole dystopian thing as uh, is, is not new. Mm-hmm. You know, they were. This is something. There was a conversation that we've been having for it's a very long what, time. Fifty three, I believe so. Yeah. Ooh, I something think you're like right. that. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact. Um, and and so that you know this whole dystopian thing. You know, we we look at the Hunger Games and we think you know like uh, all this that this big trend that's been going on recently. But this is just cyclical. So oh, that yeah. was the first thing that that she was pointing out. Uh, the other things that would that came out was like this is also a book that manages to speak across generations uh, and means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, even within the same generation. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting book to read to get a better idea. I actually would... I, th- this book also reminds me of something like... Because you, know, you have to read it in high school. Yeah. Um, reminds me of something like The Great Gatsby. So I, wrote, I, wrote, I read The Great Gatsby in high school and just hated it. Right. Mm-hmm. Came back as an adult and read it, and I'm like... Fitzgerald's amazing. Like that like book gave me some of the best sleep of my life in high school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But going back and rereading it as an adult, you're yeah. like, oh. And I think Fahrenheit 451 is like that too. So if you hate it in high school, it may be worth it to pick it back up and give it another read. Plus, you could, it's got the Michael B. Jordan movie on Netflix. Now. Absolutely, you beat me to the punch. Mm-hmm. Here's the question I have though. So one of the major themes. No, this isn't really a spoiler. One of the major things about Fahrenheit 451 is that they burn books. That's right. what they do. Fahrenheit 451 is the temperature at which books burn. Mm. Right. I'm a little confused. I was always a little confused by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually, actually, I'm rereading Fahrenheit 451 right now. Oh, cool. Uh, I, is that the? They'll burn a lot. Doesn't they burn a lot lower temperature than that? Probably. I don't know if they're like spontaneously combusted Fahrenheit. I think. Well, I think what he's saying is a closed book, condensed, will like. Ignite. I'm very glad if you just heat that, it to that, that this pertinent information it was a, is no, being discussed right here's now. The, here's the one thing that I'm interested about. And one of the, and we got to get this book from the 50s right. Let me <laughs> let me reference my Anarchy Cookbook. <laughs> right. Uh, although, I, oh, I'm sorry. By the way, we're speaking of the HBO movie. They apparently changed the ending. And I, I haven't seen know, it yet. No I, haven't, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. I haven't. Yeah, I don't remember. So can, uh, but what I thought was interesting is the idea of burning books, I think, also may lose a little something today. Oh, yeah. Because you know, it was all about censorship and burning yeah. all of the books. But I feel like today we'd be like, you burned all the books, huh? Like, Well, I just throw, downloaded them all on Kindle. So. <laughs> in the movie, they address that because now they've yeah. got this uh, basically like a, an internet that they call the Nine system, I believe. Okay. And on the Nine, you can read the Bible. You can read uh, Moby Dick. There was one other book. And Ooh. that's it. And I'm going to – all right. I'm going to go ahead and, and – and Anything else will rot your brain. Well, obviously. So uh, I have a huge problem with the idea that, oh, don't worry, we've just got it on digital because you can just delete those files, which is like... Well, no, you can't even read it. It's like like an audiobook. No, 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 right. I'm I'm talking about... In general. uh, Yeah, Yeah. like in general. Uh, Keep keep the hard copies of stuff. Oh, yeah. Because like... Sure. I mean, Yoda's just going to come in later and call <laughs> lightning down and burn the tree that all the ancient texts are, are stored in anyway. But, like, you can delete a whole file way faster than you can burn a shit ton of books. Also, so. burn as many books as you want. I feel like the uh, Castlebury Oxford um, Library will still have no, books for sale. No, no, don't, how many no, don't burn. Burn, no, don't burn as many books. No, no, no. We yeah, for geek's sake do not endorse book burning. I think we just get... I'm gonna well, is that I'm another gonna, hard stand we're ready uh, to take? That's a hard stand that we're going to take. Is that a oh, yeah. fuego take? That is a fuego take. Oh, geez, for see God's what I did? you just made a pun. What? I thought you guys would be so proud of me for that one. Turn, turn it off. Cut it no. down. This is it. This I, is I was busy holding back a political comment. Sorry. We're now taking... We're now... 
now taking applications for a new female co-host. <laughs> Wait, why are you leaving? I, just, I don't know. Because Eli wants to burn books. <laughs> <laughs> and I made a pun. Eli wants to burn books. Uh, Al's made a pun. Obviously, the apocalypse is on its way. I'm going to go get my face recognized on the street. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, there you go. Uh, Fahrenheit 451. There's your recommendation from JLO. And, of course, you should also be reading uh, the McShane Murder Mystery Series. Yes. Uh, available on Kindle. Uh, little five-minute mysteries, and they're awesome. So you should be reading those as well. I am waiting for book six. And uh, JLMO, if you're listening, stop listening and keep writing book six, damn it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do Liz's mom. Uh, I asked my French friend if she played many video games, mm-hmm. and she answered, we. Cool, 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 cool. So <laughs> patreon.com <laughs> slash for geek's sake, sake yeah. $20 a month and get your own bit. I think we'll do probably allow one more. Yeah? <laughs> I think we'll allow one more segment. Hmm. Uh, and then I think we're about to cut that off. We're going to have to get, come uh, up with another level. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I almost soapboxed your mom on that one, but oh, I'm holding back. I'm no. holding back this time. Appreciate that. We Don't yeah. don't make fun of the sponsors, damn nope. it. Nope. Uh, all right. It's more like I see it as like encouragements, not making fun of them or criticizing them. Shameless plugs. Dan, why don't you get it started? <laughs> as always, you can find me at epiceventsorlando.com for all your DJ needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's all I got for you this week. Uh, Al, did you do anything fun this weekend? Yes. What did you do this weekend that was fun? Did you go to Fringe Festival? <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I completely blanked. You're I had no idea. You're giving him a panic attack. <laughs> I the second panic attack I've given Al this week. I honestly could not remember. No, it wasn't even panic. I just literally couldn't remember anything I did the entire <sighs> weekend. Like, the entire weekend just became a black hole. <laughs> you, you ever wake up in the morning and you just try to remember what happened yesterday? Yeah. You're like, Oh my god! I can't remember yesterday. What like, is wrong? <laughs> like somebody asked me, "What'd you have for dinner last night?" I'm like, I have no oh, idea. Yeah. I knew. Yes, as a matter of fact, I actually went and I took my two little ones uh, along with the wife, and we went and caught uh, when pigs fly. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Nice. Uh, yeah, the French. Yeah. You'll remember when pigs fly uh, from when we had Maria and Ralph on talking about their shows that they have uh, in Fringe Festival right now. I went to Fringe Festival this weekend, and guys, it's going on all week long. This episode, this episode's going to drop on Thursday. Uh, if you listen to it in the morning, you can catch some Thursday night shows, Friday night shows, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and uh, there's shows all day on Memorial Day too, because woohoo, we we have that day. Yeah, off. Don't they choose like the special, like the highest rated ones, all to to fire up on Monday? Yeah, and so one of the shows uh, that's dropping on Monday, it's a noon performance on Monday. So if you've got the day off and you're a geek, obviously you are, because you're listening to this show. It is a one man Star Wars trilogy. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> they've had other Al, you missed this one, which I think you probably would have been right up your alley. It was Star Trek Improv. Cool. <laughs> um, there's a there's a Thrones the musical. There is, I mean, Fringe Festival is a theater festival, but there is geek all up, and there's a one man Walking Dead show. It's like, gonna suck if you're playing Worf and nobody will yes and with you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go check out Fringe Festival. Download the app. Go check it out if you've got kids. Again, go check out When Pigs Fly if you've got littler ones. Go check out Jason and the Argonauts if you've got older ones that. Are go still little, but not still like little, that little. Yeah, yeah right, right. Like old enough to like go be on stage and 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 do some mild acting and whatnot. Uh, it's really it's got something for everyone. It's really cool. It's supporting local art. Um, just go do it. And I almost forgot. If if you're not going to do that on the weekend, you should stop by MegaCon. Eh. This weekend, <laughs> I'll be there on Saturday. Mega what? MegaCon. I'll like be there Saturday. I'll be putting up some Facebook Live videos and letting people know where they can find me. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, birthday boy. Yeah. 37 years old, ladies Happy and gentlemen. Birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So, um, I haven't been there in a while. 
I wouldn't say a while because I like to. I like this is one of my spots. This is one of my spots. It's delicious. It's food, right? It's food. Okay. So <laughs> it's mega Yeah, it's delicious. The theme and decor are spot on. Mm. Right? Can anyone guess what I'm? What I might be talking? I would know for maybe. Is it? Is it shenanigans? Nope. <laughs> Super. Oh Saiyans, yes. Right. First, the pun in the name. Super Saiyans. <laughs> So damn good. So Super Saiyan being delicious and awesome as it is has had a history of having it's literally like ten seats in the restaurant. Little, yep. I mean, like you have to fight okay. to get a spot. Super Saiyan is a yeah. ramen shop based entirely around Naruto. No, no, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. I'm sorry. Yeah. God, get How your dare head. Right I've been now. watching so much Baruto right lately. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. In his defense, they uh, <laughs> they finally expanded. They they get the space next door and pushed into it. Oh, thank God. So now you can get a seat and it's air conditioning. Nice. So now it's like. All the amazing parts of Super Saiyan without the bad parts. Yeah. <laughs> like win-win. So go check out Super Saiyan. It's Vineland, uh, Conway Kirkman. It's down in that area. And it's uh, freaking amazing. It is so it, good. It is the best ramen in Central Florida that I, that I found. It's so damn good. Yeah. Hit it up. Uh, say I had a couple for you real quick. First of all, uh, a new podcast recommending. Uh, recommend, it's called It's Wolverine, The Long Night. Which you have actually, my attention. It's actually produced by Marvel. And uh, somebody else. Whoops, I forgot the one. But Marvel's attached to it uh-huh. with uh, Richard Armitage as Wolverine, Ooh. and it is an audio Who is format. That? Who's uh, Richard Armitage? He's done a bunch of. You check his IMDb page. He's done a bunch of <laughs> of, of stuff. Oh, I, I was trying to remember what check he had done. Check his IMDb. Page. <laughs> <laughs> you do the work. Al's obviously yeah. done for this episode. <laughs> I, I was. I wrote down the name, but I forgot to write down what I knew him from. Um, hey, he quoted a lot of sources tonight. Listen, I will, okay. I, I will IMDB his ass, guaranteed. But uh, yeah, it is uh, a Wolverine the Long Night. Just it's really though. interesting. Uh, they have a little, on Stitcher, they had a little two-minute preview. and It, it does was have an explicit result. label. Oh, the yeah. The IMDB page Put that out there. No, no, the podcast does. We're on Stitcher, too. Um, yeah, we're also on Stitcher, so you should check it out. Uh, also on mobile app, I wanted to, I have a recommendation, Crashlands on mobile. So Crashlands is a, uh, is a, it's just a fun. I I I really really hate freemium games. Uh, so I went hunting for games that were not freemium, and I came across Crashlands, and it's a lot of fun, and it's dumb, and it's silly, and it's like a survival game, but with a really cartoony slant to the whole thing. So it's really worth checking out. It's like five six bucks, and it's worth right. it. It's worth your money. Uh, also on my unplugging, uh, continuing my, my tradition of unplugging things as well. Uh, Disney Heroes Battle Mode. Just don't. I was looking over your shoulder just earlier, and I was like, Al, what are you playing? He says, oh, Disney Heroes. <laughs> that looks god-awful. He's like, yeah. That voice that you just did. It was spot on. They actually, you yeah. thought it was me, wow. but it wasn't. That was Elijah. Al just threw his voice sitting yeah. next to me. It was so weird. Uh, so, yeah, that's what's that's what's going Man on there. Weird. Many talents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's Disney or Battle Mode. Bleh. It's fine if your three-year-old needs something to do. <laughs> um, it's just not an interesting game. I was excited because it lets you mix and match Disney folks. So I've got the, uh, uh, what's his name from Zootopia? The fox. I There's not it. a fox in Zootopia. Feldspar. Oh, yes, wait, no, is. I was thinking Madagascar. Never mind. <laughs> just just uh, ignore me. It's been a very long day. The fox from Zootopia, whose name I can't remember, mm-hmm. uh, alongside like... Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph and, and, uh, uh, and um, Elastigirl. And the three of them are fighting together. And, but, and it could have been amazing, but it wasn't at all. So <laughs> there you go. That's Al's unplugged. Oh, is that is that uh, is that gonna do it for us? That's gonna do it, uh, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, indeed, Patreon, YouTube, all of your favorite podcasting apps, and spread the word. 
Yeah, man. Don't forget about our giveaway on iTunes. iTunes review. iTunes review. Uh, I think it's going to do Yeah, we got the thing. Good thing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And one more huge thank you to, uh, to uh, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrea Molinari. Yes. Hey. Uh, very proud taking of the you. time to chat with us. And uh, a shout out to uh, Katrina Texador and Texador and uh, Cost Marketing Agency for helping us get in touch with him. Yeah, yeah man. man. So uh, I think it's going to do it for us. So until next time, this is Al Sterling saying, dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. <laughs>